Greetings, skin sacks of Haydenville. I am Volvarian from the planet. Watch out for them jagger bushes. Jagger bushes? You're parked in a huge patch of them. You're going to get jagged. Ah, uh, yes. Rosa Polyantha, a flora with sharp, hispid vestitures that can easily penetrate and damage your fragile, earthly flesh eggs. Not to worry, dear skin sack, for I am an advanced life form and I cannot be. Skin sacks? Like down there at TGI Fridays? TGI Fridays? Yeah, I think I seen them skin sacks on appetizer menu down there. I get that bucket of bones myself, but my wife always gets them pot stickers and maybe something else. I forgot. Hold on, let me get her. That should be necessary. Hey, Donna, come out of here. There's somebody from. Who are you again? I am Volverian, an advanced life form from the planet. Somebody from Advanced Auto is out here. Wants to talk to you about TGI Fridays and life insurance forms. <coughs> Yeah, don't you get them skin sacks down there? No, the loaded potato skins. <coughs> Excuse me, but I think this dial-out has been diverted from its original objective and has descended into the realm of the absurd. Well, excuse me, but I think it's absurd that you come down onto my property, smash up my jagger bushes, and call me and my wife loaded tater skins. I want the name of your manager down at Advanced Auto. Perhaps we should reset the dialogue to the point of contact. Earthling flesh bags of Haydenville. I do apologize for smashing your Rosa Polyantha, and I assure you it cannot harm me. We call Red Onion. Pardon? Nobody says Haydenville. We call it Red Onion. Name's Lonnie, by the way. But why would you? Never mind. I am Volverian, and I have traveled 10,000 light years to visit you. The descendants of the seed created in my image. I have returned six millennia after embedding my life essence in the organic materials of this unenlightened, pathetic outpost of a planet to feast upon the glory of my creation. You see, my sweet skin sack, you are my legacy. Oh hell yeah. Greetings, my fake children. As your ears receive the audio that is Fake Ritual, the podcast, let us welcome your fleshy host, Lucas Salabi. Oh, come all ye fakers. 
And welcome to episode 9 of Fake Ritual, the podcast, your guide to pop culture and the occult. I'm your host, Lucas Sloppy. And on today's episode, I chat with my friend, Christina Conway. Our friendship began some two years ago when we started playing Dungeons and Dragons together, and now our nerdry has come full circle. Our conversation runs the gamut, from kissing cousins to veggie tales, from anime to teenage witches, Saturday morning cartoons to diarrhea. And after all is said and done, she humbly bestows upon us the very meaning of life. You're certainly in for a treat, Conway style. But first, let us sit down for a story. A story with a lesson. While my Christian upbringing taught me to fear the devil and his demon cohorts, I've recently found that in actuality, they have many lessons to teach us. So open your ears and say your prayers. Here is a demon's guide to self-help. Jesus asked him, What is thy name? And the demon answered, saying, I am Legion, for we are many. He was possessed, this man, this ghoul. He lurked among the tombs, cutting himself with stones. From his limbs hung broken chains. All attempts to restrain him had failed. Nearby, a herd of pigs grazed upon a mountainside. The demon spoke again. Cast us into the swine. And Jesus did as he was told. Cast from the man, legion descended upon the swine. As their herdsmen fled in horror, 2,000 pigs were driven from the cliff and into the sea to drown. Legion won. Son of God, Zero. Growing up, I learned about this demon in church. But even as a child, I was confused. Why the swine? Why not hell? Why had Jesus obeyed a demon's request? It's actually quite simple. Because Legion asked him to. And because Legion was many. Magic is the Great Escape Route. Phil Heim, author and chaos magician. Chaos magic claims there is no true self, that in actuality we are many selves. To embrace these selves is to gain their power, for better or worse. According to Phil Heim, this multitude of identity is the legion of self, for we are many. Peter J. Carroll takes this idea further. He asserts that self-destruction can liberate us from identities we no longer require. Cooperation within the legion of self is ideal, but the discarding of useless selves is necessary, lest we forget. The only clear view is from atop the mountain of your dead selves. Peter J. Carroll, author and chaos magician. But what does self-destruction look like? Pop culture offers a perspective. 
we need look no further than a comic book. So there's the X-Men. They're mutants. They have some superpowers. Weather manipulation, laser eyes, angel wings, etc. They are led by Professor X. He's a mutant. He has some superpowers. Telekinesis, telepathy, mind control, etc. He has an illegitimate son named David Charles Haller. He's a mutant too, but he has thousands of powers. Super strength, super speed, pyrokinesis, time manipulation, reality warping, thought projection, etc. You name it, he's got it, for he is many. I rule me, David Charles Haller, mutant and schizophrenic. David's misadventures center around his attempts to control the legion residing within his own mind. Severe trauma as a child caused his identity to splinter, creating a never-ending stream of personalities, each with its own superpower. As time went on, his inner world gathered thousands of personas, all fighting for control of David's identity. At times of lucidity, he's worked to capture and catalog each one. But while he may gain access to their powers, it's at the cost of his own sanity. For they are many. Deconditioning our minds is dirty work, and it hurts. As with David, the process is never-ending. The legion of self is unruly, and self-destruction ain't easy. The true self may be fiction, but goddammit does the story fight to survive. consumer, obscure reality show enthusiast, and sometimes an artist, Christina Conway. Hello, Christina. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to talk about one of the few loves in my life, which is pop culture. One of the very few. <laughs> I'm with <laughs> you there. Uh, so when did you discover your love for pop culture? Well, I had a family that instead of sitting around a dinner table would sit around the TV. Hell yeah. And that's how we interacted and bonded with each other. So from the very start. So you were the death of the American family. Yeah, and we worked really hard at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, what, what were Ian's watching? We were watching a lot of vampire shows, pretty much pretty much any teen drama that the CW has ever produced. We have watched as a family. Sometimes my dad would be present, sometimes not. Uh, and then we had NCSI 
or NCIS. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, but Crime even show. better. <laughs> yes. Murder. Anything with murder. Yes. Yeah, that's that's what brings <laughs> families together. I actually, on a camping trip, we had an RV at one time, and I begged my parents, please don't watch any murder shows on this vacation. I just want to think about anything but murder. <laughs> and? Did they heed uh, we, your uh, request? Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, but even better than that were the sci-fi shows that we watched together mm. back when the sci-fi channel didn't have a budget. And they would just make like B-level sci-fi horror movies. Yes. Usually oh. with like a lake monster. Mm-hmm. Small town. Small yeah. town. Yeah. Who just... For some reason, they keep swimming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... It's like masks. Uh, even though there's a giant alligator, we have to keep swimming. It's like, yeah, alligator, like, one thing he can't take a bite out of is my freedom. <laughs> uh, so, aside from family, when maybe you had, like, first got a TV in your room or or uh, on the computer, what were you finding yourself watching then? I was watching a bit of everything, a lot of anime but one of my most beloved shows was Sabrina the Teenage Witch oh, yes. with Melissa Joan Hart. TGIF. Mm-hmm. Kind of. What What else is in that block? Boy Meets World. Uh, speaking of Boy Meets World, do you remember that the serial killer episode of Boy Meets World? No. Kind of on theme. It was. It turned out to be like a dream that bought, that uh, uh, Sean was having in detention. But it was just like a serial killer in the school like hunting them down while they're in detention. And then it turns out to be Sean himself. Cause like he feels guilty about something, but Ooh, highly dude. recommend it. It's the coolest one. I think I guarantee there's some listeners that are screaming at uh, their phone right now that they, they, they know it and they're probably mad at you for not knowing it. Uh, okay. I'll go back and watch it all tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so bring in the teenage witch. Yes. What, what, what I, was it about it? So I loved the way they mixed totally mundane suburban life with magic. Because mm-hmm. living in the suburbs, you do not expect anything magical to happen. But their toaster is like a fax machine. Their closet is a teleportation device. Their aunt is doing like science experiments in the dining room. Yes. Or which aunt? There's Zelda. And, and Hilda. And Hilda. Uh, was it, yeah, like, Zelda, I think, is the more, like, savvy one, and then yeah. Hilda's kind of the goofy one. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a great dynamic. And then, of course, Salem, Salem, Saberhagen. Yes, one of my favorites. I feel like he tapped into my childhood want for dictatorship, yes. and it was a really nice outlet. <laughs> oh, man. Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. Well, what uh, what other shows were you watching around this time? What other kind of magical, magical shows? Well, I am sometimes an artist. So one of my sometimes periods was when I was a kid, and I was drawing a lot of anime. And the only shows I would draw were Card Captors and Sailor Moon. So Card Captors was probably my second favorite. So the basic premise of the show is that this like elementary school student finds a bunch of cloud cards that kind of look like tarot cards, similar cool. basis. So they center around the sun and the moon and 
she lets them loose on the world and they're actually pretty dangerous. There's like wind monsters and uh, I think a fire monster, just like everything destructive. Mm -hmm. And she has to hunt them down and put them back into their cards so that they don't kill everyone. But she also, OMG, has to go to school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's hard being in elementary school and saving the world. Yeah, I was watching uh, clips, much like many anime shows, uh, and just, I feel like it might just be like a Japanese storytelling technique, but there's always this moment, kind of in the beginning of the third act, where, you know, the person transforms, or they activate, you know, let's say it's Power Rangers, that's when they, you know, hold up their belts, and you know, call upon the Megazords or whatever. Uh, but it would be Sakura, the main character, I believe it's her name, uh, kind of drawing this magical circle with her star staff and then every time saying this invocation, calling on these ancient spirits to like give her the power of light or, you know, some, it's pretty cool. Like I kind of got choked up the more I heard it because I heard it about, it was a 15 minute video with probably about 30 clips. So I heard it 30 times. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, she draws this magical circle and then calls upon the card and then it sort of activates. Uh, mm -hmm. Very Yu-Gi-Oh! But yeah. just not as edgy, which, you know, my younger self would have scoffed at. But now I'm kind of like, card captors looks like something I really need to dive into because Yu-Gi-Oh! is just kind of weird. Well, I, is Yu-Gi-Oh! is Yu-Gi also an elementary school student that transforms into a high schooler when he... I still, I never, even as when I was watching that growing up, I still was like, what? Why? Why can't he just be, why can't he just be cool guy, like cool kid with cards? That's what I like about card captors. It kind of empowers, mm -hmm. you know, young girls. Whereas Yu-Gi-Oh! is definitely more kind of saying like, you need to be a man. Maybe. Yeah, you have power <laughs> once your voice deepens and you have like, the strong cards, the dragons. Yeah. And some, like, a really fucking weird haircut. I don't know who designed that <laughs> one. Uh, but, yeah, uh, card capture is so cute. Just so kawaii. But seem to have some pretty scary moments, too. Uh, but speaking of kawaii, your other show you were saying you fell in love with, Sailor Moon. Well, Sailor Moon was probably the first anime that my parents were like all right whatever looks like a cute cartoon but it was like this really cool girl who saved the earth but also i don't know loved friendship and fun and she had this really cool catchphrase like in the name of the moon i will punish you <laughs> and all of her buddies with their matching outfits like i dream of having matching outfits oh. with friends and if you ever want to match they're a little tweak too because I watched mm -hmm. those transformation scenes as well, back to back to back. It's like Mercury, Jupiter, Venus. Uh, I think there's one more that they added one later. But they each have a little different. Like the Sailor Moon wears these kind of like like thigh-high boots. But mm -hmm. then I think maybe Venus. Uh, Sailor Moon fans are probably screaming right now. Again, there's probably a lot of screaming going on at the phone during this episode. Uh, and I condone it. But I think it's Venus that has on just high heels, you know, and they each have their own little pose. That's what I yes. really love. 
it makes me want to stand up when I watch the show to just str- like they're voguing before there was voguing. Maybe post voguing, but I wouldn't have expected maybe like the first voguing in the Eastern world. I don't, I don't okay. know when voguing came. You're right. To that You're part right. Of the world. I think I'm speaking out of turn, but either way it's, uh, yeah, very like action packed, mm-hmm. very violent while also still relying on that friendship ideal, which is, I felt like lost in a, I was a big Dragon Ball Z fan growing up. And I mean, that one had, had more of like a hero's journey sort of vibe. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, uh, Sailor Moon definitely has more of a relatable, like you could actually pull some lessons from the show. Mm-hmm. Well, I think also Sailor Moon was queer before... I think we as Americans were mainstream talking about queerness. Yeah, did they wasn't there some discrepancies with the dub? Like when they dubbed it in English, they got they turned some queer characters like heteronormative, certain mm-hmm. relationships or something. I, I, you might They know tried more to about call people me. cousins. Ah, yes. Or I think there was even one character where they were supposed to be masculine presenting or or male and when it came to the u.s they mm. switched it to uh, a cis couple fucking lame but you can still tell when yeah. you watch it as a kid you're like oh i know what you're originally going for that's awesome also i feel like it's so american in such a fucked up way to be like no 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 since they're like a gay couple let's actually just make them cousins it's like what <laughs> Like, Cousins should kiss? That's Is incest, that... bro. <laughs> America's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, we believe in Adam and Eve, so incest a little bit is kind of necessary. That's the Bible that says that, not me, folks. Okay? So do mm-hmm. not quote me on such a nasty thing. Uh, well, yeah, Sailor Moon. Uh, what, what, are, what were the episodes generally like? Uh, really typical of any show where there's like a young girl who's balancing school and evil. Uh, She'd be like in class. All of a sudden something weird would start happening with her classmates or the environment around her. And it's like, oh shit, evil's here. I have to transform in the bathroom in the hallway or something. Oh, cool. Classic Superman moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then fighting evil, but like there's always the element of friendship. So somehow her friends always find her. And it's been a long time since I watched Sailor Moon, so I'm pulling this out of my ass. But I remember that energy about it. And, oh, something uh, I thought of, too. They Sailor Moon did a great job of, while being action-packed, they still had those anime moments. Like, or the, I'm not sure what the term is, but, you know, the kind of very cartoony, like, oh, they're stressed, so they, like, you know, have the their face, you know, that expressionism where it's like it's not supposed to look real at all it's just supposed to tell you that they're crying or that they're embarrassed or that they're angry i feel like a lot of other more male centric shows or for a male audience you know gundam wouldn't have that uh it's just silent nodding yeah while they like squint yeah and sailor moon really seems to be kind of a one-stop shop for just just about, yeah, you got the friendship, you got the fun anime moments. 
And then uh, she has a daughter, even. So you have family. You got family. I, and you got tuxedo mask. First, we yes. haven't even mentioned tuxedo mask. My first love. Yeah. Tuxedo I mean, mask. Like, if you know you look good in what you're wearing, if that is what your fucking name is. It's like if I was called, like, Jeans and Jeans T-shirt. I'm like, man, <laughs> I look good in this. <laughs> <laughs> good old Jeans T-shirt coming to save the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, just just friendship. And isn't that really what it's all about? Well, I do. I like this trend of TV shows that kids were watching around my time that was like, here's a strong female lead who's focused on friendship. Yes, there's always, like, an attractive boy or something there that they want. But at the core of it, it's about their friends. And, like, if the guy shows up, that's fine. Yeah. Like, not every episode would be centered around that. Mm-hmm. Just enough to kind of keep you coming. Oh, well, I mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you watched a different kind of <laughs> Different kind of moon, yeah. Sailor. Sailor mooned. Sailor mooned. I was going to say Sailor Poon, but that's, that's dirt. But. <laughs> I am the pretty guardian who fights for love and for justice. So yeah, we're talking Sailor Moon and and uh, the lessons you know it can teach you as well as uh, just pop culture in general. In general, so what do you think is really the purpose uh, of fiction at large? Well, I think. Of course, it's supposed to take you out of your day to day. But I think also so much of storytelling and fantasy is trying to teach you an overarching lesson, Mm -hmm. like whatever moral system that the the writer or creator is trying to push. And I feel like a lot of like what I mentioned earlier centered around like, what is your moral system? And like these teens or like children going through adventures to like demonstrate strong morals that give them these powers. Yeah. Uh, again, Dragon Ball Z, all it taught me to do was stand in place and... Uh, scream. Scream, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just do that for about an hour and then uh, blow something up. So what's the lesson there, huh? You know, I think <laughs> it's to meditate on your violence <laughs> before you commit. Huh. Or... Hmm. There was friendship. It was um, they all started out as enemies and then became oh. friends. Hmm. See, you're doing it. You're right. You know what? I challenged you, and you accepted the challenge, and you surpassed my expectations. Kamehameha. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bug, yeah. <laughs> I'm blonde now. <laughs> uh, I'm blonde, and I have a mullet. That's what I like. When they go like Super Saiyan three, they just like whoosh, porcupine mullet. So. Uh, in the same vein, uh, kind of, you know, we, these shows teach us lessons, give us this moral sense, but I also think sometimes the characters act, they, these characters act as archetypes or things we can relate to. What kind of characters come to mind uh, to help you get through the day to, like, you know, maybe invoke when you need them? I think 
just like there is um, a pair of shoes for every outfit, there is mm. a different character to channel. Sailor Moon taught me there's moment. a pair of shoes for every outfit. Yeah, for every <laughs> planet, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in everything I do, I feel like I try to channel a different person that's inspired me. Like, I'm walking into the office, I need to run this meeting or take charge. Uh, I want to be Celine from Underworld. Celine, Kate Beckinsale. Yes. yes. So you're just like, liking, 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 you're cool, liking, liking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like jumping that. off of desks uh, just for emphasis. And no meetings. guns, though, right? No, no okay, guns. For the record. She that's... didn't need the guns all the time. You're right. Because she was what? That was one of those like half vampires situations? Or she's full vampire, right? She's full vampire, and then her boyfriend is full werewolf. Uh, but I, there is a half something in there. Okay, yeah. Uh, I got. Have you watched all those? There's like five, right? Five underworld yes. movies. One of the people that we play D and D with on the weekend. That is, uh, let's, let it, and I let it be known that me and Christina have been playing D and D with our group for some two years now, which. Definitely big for a D&D group. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, but we watch Underworld, or we have watched all of the Underworld movies together, so if you want to get in on that. Wait, who did? Uh, Nico and I. Oh, bastard. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love, I need me some, like, just a string of sequels, especially if they get shittier and shittier. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what other characters, what other shoes fit? Well, I think there's Sailor Moon, of course, who is very focused on friendship, love. If you look up Sailor Moon quotes, which, why not? You have time. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean that as an insult. Who are you insulting me? You're the fakers. Uh, She's insulting you, fakers, for the record. (laughs) Oh, no. But she's, uh, like, her quotes are centered around friendship being the most important thing and if she isn't protecting her friends like why even do this fighting evil thing oh and it's okay it's like pretty awesome as a mindset and then i'd say the third one that i channel a lot is a cross between either di <laughs> i almost said diarrhea it's a cross <laughs> <laughs> that is that's a crazy character kooky character there yeah i channel that i channel that uh, yeah <laughs> Sadly, about once a week, so you know, I gotta see someone about laugh. that. <laughs> Just need to laugh it out. Okay. Laugh what out? The, the <laughs> diarrhea? This is why it's an explicit episode. This, is, this isn't this is your grandmother's podcast, folks. Oh, no, cut this out. Cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm centered. I'm whole. I'm present. Just think of something that's not funny. But don't cry. The third character is a cross between Daria and Pepper Ann. Whoa. I don't know if you watched Pepper Ann. I do remember Pepper Ann, one Saturday morning, yeah. ABC Kids. She's too cool for seventh grade. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, like, both of them are very, like, I'm just going to do my own thing. You know, I'm not very concerned about others and what they think. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, this super cool kind of alternative person. And then also for Pepper Ann, she's, like, a tomboy. Yeah, they're it's both they're, like... they're both definitely women or, you know, mm-hmm. female, femme, uh, whatever. I'm not sure. 
how to best put that, but like demonstrably, you know, it's almost like they're kind of working within that paradigm to subvert mm-hmm. it, especially Daria. When I think of that, she's very much a response to like your standard idea of what a woman is. Yeah. And I, I like channeling that energy Yeah, in a lot of situations. So just volleyball games, you just are the worst Daria style, just letting it hit the ground. You remember that in the, in the beginning? Yeah, opening. that's me, but with dodgeball. La, 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 la. All this talk of, uh, you know, what lessons these uh, these shows teach us, but the real lessons are learned in the Bible. I don't know if you knew that. So did you grow up religious? Do you give a shit about the Bible? Hmm? Ooh. Ooh. You're painting me into a spot. So I actually wasn't raised with, reli- with religion. My oh. My father used to have to go to church all day. Uh, and it was very involved. And when he had a kid, he decided like, okay, they won't have to go to church. They won't go through the experience that I did where it was like took up all my time. And so I did not grow up reading the Bible. I was very confused as a child when I saw Veggie Tales. Mm. That was like the first time I was like, so this is Christianity. I just read an article today about the creator of Veggie Tales explaining why black lives matter oh dang yeah i i still am not sure of his stance on homosexuality or transgenderism uh but i still was kind of like oh cool he made a video for like white christians to watch oh i was like oh well you know what veggie tales you know hats off to you cucumber man yeah, what's the <laughs> diversity like in Veggie Tales? Uh, there's an asparagus, there's a tomato, Bob the tomato, and Larry the cucumber. I don't remember the okay. asparagus name. Yeah, I mean, I watched it. It's it's chill. Yeah, uh, that that's the only time I've learned about religion, really. But I mean, Veggie Tales like this is a great setup for my next question because I feel like Veggie Tales explored this in depth. But uh, what is the meaning of life? Hmm? Ooh. Sorry for my aggressive demeanor today, but <laughs> for just for <laughs> the listeners you. to know, this is the third time we are recording because I have a Chromebook and that's not a real computer and it crashed, crashed, crashed. So if you uh, <laughs> are wondering why your host is uh, a bit of a, a bit of a loop, the loop today now you know a little behind the scenes there but anyways christina conway what is the meaning of life i i don't think that there's like one central purpose for each of us like a large purpose we're trying to fulfill i think the purpose of life is literally just to live life no matter how long the period is that you are on this earth it's just like what are the experiences that you go through that's that's the point. I kind of agree. I think, yeah, that's a good way to just kind of remain in the present. Like, live your life. Don't worry about where it's headed or, well, <laughs> to some degree. Uh, well, yeah, like, think how much anxiety it builds when you're, like, young and people are like, what are you going to do with your life in, in 10 or 15 years? And you're like, uh, okay, I guess I better say something. Yeah. Well, also then, uh, similar note, 
what happens when you inevitably die. Hmm? Ooh, I do not know if you or your listeners will like my answer to this, but I don't think anything happens. <gasps> uh, and it's not in like a <laughs> sad way. It's just I wasn't raised with, with religion, so there was never anyone telling me like something happens after you're gone. See, I... I don't even think that's sad. I've always thought the idea of an afterlife is exhausting. Like, wait, I, especially when it's like your personality goes on, like me, Lucas, is in some afterlife. I'm like, uh-uh, like, uh-uh, I'm not trying to continue on. Like, I like to think maybe whatever motivates us, whatever animates us, you know, our soul, our, you know, the divine spark, consciousness, it's been called many things. I like to think that goes on. You know, energy, uh, you know, doesn't, isn't created or destroyed. It just changes form. But I think it's kind of comforting to know that it's just like one long ass nap. Yeah. It, I, I mean, I have the same hope that if there is something in us that gets recycled, it's like a spark or a soul and it does get filtered back into something else that we're reprocessed and we come out as a human again as any option, really, and that life continues. I hope. Uh, well, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing your wisdom of what life is, why life is worth living and why death is terrifying. Yeah, I, I'm sorry that there's nothing after. There's nothing, folks. So do you have anything you want uh, to promote? Any, yeah, recommendations? promotions, uh, general, you know, further words of wisdom? I think I have two things I'd like to promote. Okay. Um, the first is just K-dramas in general. Just okay. watch them. What is That's a K-drama? That's what I've moved on. Hmm? What is a K-drama? A Korean drama. Ah, okay. Where can we find They have very strong tropes. You can find them uh, on Netflix, on Hulu, really anywhere. They're everywhere. Uh, and they're excellent. And that's what I've moved to since I've moved off of the vampire dramas and the magical teen dramas. Now oh, it's K-dramas. Okay. Is there any supernatural elements in those? There are a lot of ghost ones. Oh, well, awesome. And it falls right in that fake ritual category. Yeah, I, it's like a trend. I don't know fully why, but it's good. And the second thing I'd say is that we are actually going to be working on a zine together. Who we? Who, me? You and I. <gasps> we are. <laughs> yes, we are. You heard it here. This is world premiere, 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 premiere. Uh... Yeah, I assume at some point when it exists you will mention it on here and it will be available i will and i i'll at least half mention our idea we're going to be uh exploring old comic book ads and doing sort of a fake ritual spin on you know those old comic book ads you'd find flipping through your spider-mans and your supermans and your archies and uh that's all i can say or else i would have to kill you uh not a real threat, <laughs> just a fake one. Well, thanks <laughs> for being on the show, Christina. Thank and you very thanks. much for having me.
uh, we will do it again. We must. Yes. All right, fakers. Uh, just remember, life is worth living simply for the living, and death is worth dying simply for the giving. I don't know, folks. Uh, just um, I don't, <laughs> maybe don't pick die. up the Bible. Maybe it's right. I don't know. But this is Lucas Loppy signing off. Big ritual salute you. <laughs> goodbye. You can say goodbye, too. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Fake Ritual is produced by me, Lucas Sloppy. The Red Onion Encounter was penned by last week's guest, Brandon Steyer. Bulvarium, our all-knowing space mother, was channeled by Mary Jackson. Any other voices you may have heard were performed by my lovely assistant, Erica Adamson. Most of this episode's music was composed by Johnny Arlett. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Fake Ritual and on Twitter at Fake Ritual Blog. Please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to be on the show, if you want to collaborate on a project, or if you just want to ask me questions, you can email us at fake.ritual.inc at gmail.com. Also, check out the website www.fakeritual.wordpress.com for all things fake. Thanks again for listening. Here's looking at you, fake. Go Steelers!